Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is Friday, the 6th of November, 2019. I'm Mike A-Race. I try to keep this program in line. Just a helper. The true talent is to, on my flanks here, on the wings, as it were, the striker, Kyle Robertson, and, of course, our fine crew beat writer. Don't forget Patrick. Jacob Myers uh, at the dials, per usual, is Patrick Flaherty at the Podfather 2. Glad you could fit us in. He's been busy. He was late today. <laughs> I mean, he was here on time, but he was late getting into the studio, so... He was late fine. waiting on me to be late. There's some kind of double fine in there somewhere. Kyle is our kangaroo court captain, and he will divvy up the uh, fines as we go along here. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight to the news of the day, Jacob Myers, as Paul Tenorio of The Athletic tweeted the other night, that uh, there's an agreement, according to The Athletic, in place for... Darlington Nagby to the Columbus crew for a pile of allocation money. What do you know about that? Kind of what we had known for a few months is they have been in talks for a long time about this deal and appears that the I guess the final thing that they need to be done is is done. It's not official. Um but you know this is something that's been in the works for for a long time so um we we were able to confirm that you know, they were, this deal was done, but not yet official. Right. And again, not a shock. I think uh, we had something in the dispatch on October 21st, if my memory served me well, saying, yeah, at least there's a very strong possibility that, that, that uh, Nagby was on his way here. Kyle, what, what do we know about Darlington Nagby and Nagby? And actually we should know a lot because he's a, he's an Ohioan among other things. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. um, I mean, he, uh, you know, Played with 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 Porter and Akron, and uh, you know, and also um, out in Portland. Wasn't he first overall number one? I, I number believe one I believe or he, two. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. So I mean, you know, also he's on and off. You know, the U.S. men's national team, I believe, recently refused a call up. That, um, that was the reporting. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, he's a, he's a quality player, and I mean, he's gonna uh, you know bring a lot to I think the. The weakest part of the, uh, if you're going to look at the crew's roster and how it's kind of set up, I think something in the midfield, uh, in the center mid, had to be changed. I, I, I don't think uh, the current combination of players that they have, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, lacking some offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you look how the team's constructed with who they brought in, and you know, they've addressed the wing situation. They have a striker up front. The back line is, you know, really deep, and you got your goalie. So. 
I mean, you got to look at the central mid and, and, and kind of go from there. Going into the offseason, they had just Will Trapp and Artur at, that holding, at the holding midfield position. So you knew they were going to add somewhere. In anticipation of a move like this, I asked Porter if he wanted more offense out of that spot, which Nagby certainly right. would bring. He's just phenomenal right. with the ball in his feet. And he said, yeah, he is looking for more offense. Well, you have to because, I mean, the the way the, the crew's, you know, system works, if the wings aren't getting the chances and the crosses into Zardes, they've had trouble scoring. So you need to have a second valve or second, you know, uh, way to get uh, offensive shots and attacks. And, and with the two guys, you know, Trapp and Artur, you know, they just really – I don't think they have that type of offensive game, you know, um, ability – I think Nagby's better technically and better possessing the ball. I mean, he's one of the best possession midfielders in the league, truly. So what do you do with midfield that someone's going to be cut out of this picture somehow? I think right now you're deep at that position, and it will or – I mean, Nagby's going to start in the 11, no doubt about it. Uh, Will and Artur would then be fighting for that spot. I don't see them going to like a 4-3-3 because I don't think you take out Santos or Diaz. Because if you have a four three three, right, you yeah. would have Jossie a winger, and then the number ten. Well, yeah. So I, I well maybe Artur's left uh, not protected for the expansion draft. That that's a possibility as well. How strong a possibility is that? I guess you'd I have don't to, know. You'd have to start breaking down the roster and ask. Which we're going to do. <laughs> uh, we will uh, when we uh, get to the protected list. Um, but, more, but just real quick yeah. to wrap up on the Nagby stuff. The, the, as we had talked about, this had been. The interest never really went away. Those reports in the beginning of the year were factual that Nagby wanted to come here, and he wanted to be closer to home. He told the Oregonian before the MLS Cup about that, and he said the same thing. He was really comfortable with Porter. So this isn't really a surprise, but a a big ad nonetheless. And he won't be considered DP then, right? Correct. He's in the TAM range according to the MLS Players Union salary data. According to uh, some stuff floating out there, it's for a pile of allocation money, a lot of allocation money. Yeah, couldn't be more allocation money that's ever been spent. Right, on I couldn't bike. confirm the. It is exact monopoly money, but yeah. you know, it's, uh, garber bucks, right? And it's tough to understand because I mean, I was on a conference call with the players' union yesterday, and the executive director called Tam silly, and that it doesn't benefit the game, so they're looking to get rid of it. So I don't know how that all plays out, but um, it bottom line is to get a player like Nagby it, it would have to cost a lot so I don't think that's necessarily a because he went for big the, ad in that report over a million for the the transfer from Portland to yeah. Atlanta right it was like 700 and it was and like 300 or something 750 yeah. and 300 and GAM well you're going to start important uh, Porter guys from Portland and Atlanta I guess but Portland then uh yeah. You have mean? to entertain at least a slight possibility that uh, they're in there pitching for Diego Valeri, uh, who's out of contract now. It's been very quiet on that front. Um, he's uh, he's Merritt Paulson came out recently and said that uh, he has an offer on the table for Valeri, and uh, and that but that's that's the only stirrings we've had about Valeri's uh, contract, which is running out since. Um, it it came out at the end of the summertime around there that um, Valeri uh, uh, was at an impasse in his negotiations with the Timbers. So um, he's obviously a crucial player for them, and uh, uh, he is 32 or will be next next week. Anyway, 
I I floated them out there when uh, we were we were floating some uh, some uh, Nagby stuff uh, again in October, uh, and and I only did that because uh, one of my sources who said, yeah, Nagby to Columbus is all over the place, and and uh, I hear it's done according to the source, and um, when I floated Valeri at him, he said. Gee, I never thought of that, but now that you mention it, it makes a lot of sense. So take it for what it is. Uh, again, I'm uh, I'm not saying there's uh, any smoke there at all. That's just uh, me talking out loud. Now, gentlemen, on to the protected list. The um, expansion draft for uh, Nashville and Miami is November 19th. That's a Tuesday, and that's coming up quickly. Uh, uh, what can we uh, say about the crew's roster and who may, may be exposed? Well, I think... There's a high chance just because there's two teams, and so what? It, it uh, the, the four or five teams who got uh, who lost a player last year to Cincinnati are no are, aren't eligible, right? So it leaves nineteen. Correct. Yeah. So I mean, there's a high chance. Well, I think when you have two teams instead of one, yeah. right, your <laughs> chances go up. But what anyway, what, what yeah. are the rules? All right. So Jacob, I think it's, you, are you are you familiar yeah. with the rules this year because they do change obviously because yeah. there's two teams. Yes, I got them in front of yeah. me, so I'll I'll read that. I mean, can and you lose twelve? Like can you lose one to each team, or they no, cut it no, off no. if you lose one to one? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. if you lose one at all, yeah, right? Good. Yeah, you you can only yeah. lose maximum one player. Yeah. Um, Generation Adidas and homegrown players are exempt, so yeah. they don't have to protect players like Abubakar Keda or JJ Williams. Yeah, and, right. the, and then Eddie was Eddie is still generation. Well, he's contract? gone. Okay, yeah. So it doesn't matter. But they can protect up to twelve players. And, you know, where the crew are at right now, they have a lot of empty spots on the roster. So, uh, Kyle, I, I, I did read up that uh, if a player has a no-trade clause, the team has to protect them. So I don't know if anybody that's on the correct. crew has that. I don't know either. Or modified, or what, what, is, what is the... Uh, modified yeah. modified no-trade clause. Ten players, uh, ten teams. Limited, <laughs> limited movement. Yeah. And, yeah. and players that are currently on loan, being Wallace Abubakar yeah. and Chris Cadden, um, and then... Well, the recently acquired players as well, like Nagby or whoever they might right. get in this trade window opening Monday through Wednesday, they have to protect them as well. So uh, the draft is on November 19th, and I guess we'll, we'll find out then. But I, Kyle, you have a list in front of you. Yeah, I have 12. You want you want to do your 12? And then I'll read off mine. Let's start All with right. defenders. I have uh, Mensa um, on it. I have Lawless, and I have Awful. So you're leaving Milton Valenzuela unprotected? Oh, no, sorry, Milton. Sorry, Milton's at the very top. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I'll, I'll just go, I'll just read down my list. I have it down to three guys. I, I have 11 that I'm pretty confident in, and then and then there's a 12th that you got to kind of, you know, figure out. Okay, I have, the 11. I have Zardes, Milton, Trap, Room, Mensa, Diaz, Nagby, Lawless, Pedro, and then Awful, and then either Hector or Mokhtar, and then either Luis, Caden, or Artur. So... Like those are the ones I'm kind of debating upon the the last five. Go ahead, Jacob. So, so the defenders, I'll just list them out. I guess goalkeeper as well. Forgot yeah. that they'll protect Aloy Rim. Yeah. So defenders, you have Harrison Awful, Milton Valenzuela, yep. Waylon Francis, Jonathan Mensa, Josh Williams, Chris Cadden, and Lalas Abubakar. Yeah. I think of those. You, I have Milton, Room, Mensa, Lalas. They can leave five players unprotected. Right? Yeah. There's 17 guys. Zardes for sure, Milton, Trap, Room, Mensa, Diaz, Nagby, Lawless, Pedro, Mokhtar, Awful. So I have the last slot between Argudo, Caden, 
Artur, and who's the other one? Hector. I would be surprised if they left Chris Cadden unprotected, right. being that they just signed him. Right. And you have Harrison Awful, and then who's, what, 33 now, right. and Cadden's 23. So you, you kind of have a good balance there of a 1-2 that they're looking at. Right, but would a team select somebody that might not be their fit for that type of player in Cadden? Plus, you I, probably don't have a whole lot I mean, of... Awful's been a very good right. player for this team, right. and just... Right to be balanced yeah. and beside that he seems to be a Porter guy like when Porter was uh, spending weeks at right. a time throwing Alex Cronalli yeah. under the bus I mean you could pick up two or three mistakes that uh, Awful made on some of the same plays that uh, yeah. well Awful's never been a solid defender it's no, always what he yeah. adds offensively the point is right. the point is yeah. he was never thrown under the bus publicly right. so that's an indication that Porter really likes him that's all I'm saying so can we agree well let's go down this again can we agree they Zardes? resigned him too I think that's an indicator yeah. that yeah. Like Zardes well. yes <laughs> Zardes. Zardes, yes. Yes, three yeses. There you I'm, yeah. not, I'm not weighing in. Okay. I'm going to let this percolate. Right. I'm going to let the experts know. Milton, this. right? Yes. Protected. Sure. All right. Yep. Trap. Protected. All right. Room. Protected. Mensa. Yep. Diaz. Yep. Nagby. Yeah, so let's speed this up for the listeners, yeah. make it a little more. All right. Lawless. Yes, no. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, Pedro. Absolutely. And Mokhtar? Yes. Okay. Awful. Yeah, I think he's protected. Then that's 11. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. And you have one more spot, right? Yeah. You have you Argudo. Argudo, Caden, Artur, and Hector, and then probably a couple other guys, Williams. So I think there they would be yeah. six unprotected guys yeah. if they go all 12. They yeah. could obviously not do that. And they can you know leave someone unprotected right. and strike a right. deal, get some allocation money or something like that. So that's a possibility. So who would you pick out of there? Who would you protect? You can give him William Carlson. <laughs> yeah, that worked out well. I think the, the guys that a pick, <laughs> the guys that I yeah. believe will be unprotected. Look at some of the depth spots too. Like outside back is pretty solid. I see Waylon Francis unprotected. Oh, Francis. I see Luis Argudo probably unprotected, and then young guy Kempen, still. Josh Williams. Yeah. So now you have two more. I think you would probably go. Who's your twelfth? Artur, and then. I don't know. I think I'd go Hector because he can play yeah. a variety of uh, spots. And also, when Trap was out, he was kind of he was the kind of captain on a couple of those games. So you think, would protect him. Yeah, I would protect him because I think he's like a Swiss Army knife. You can kind of put him in any spot. All okay. right, folks, discuss yeah. among yourselves. There's a little too much math yeah. going on here. Let's move <laughs> on to item number three. The U.S. Women's National Team defeated Sweden three to two at Moffray Stadium Thursday night before a very nice crowd considering the weather uh, upwards of 19,000 people there would have been completely packed and they announced 20 I believe um, which you know is is uh, basically a sellout um, so it looked pretty full uh, and and the score is a little misleading yeah. is it not Jacob yeah, I, yeah they looked real good in yeah. the first half and then substitutions kind of, yeah yeah a lot of subs Six and subs. Just some a, a couple of defensive yeah. mistakes. It was really just from minutes seventy to eighty yeah. where they didn't look as dominant as you would expect a women's national team. Uh, Sweden isn't uh, chopped liver. They were real good, and, and both both uh, teams did not have their you know full World Cup rosters. Um, notably, yeah. for for the fans' perspective, no Rapino, no Alex Morgan. Uh, but I mean, Car- Carly Lloyd's really fun yeah. to watch. I. And Rose, oh, yeah, Rose she uh, destroyed every time, the midfield. <laughs> every, every time she touched yeah. the ball, you kind of heard a bellowing echo of yep. cheers. It was really cool when she went out to the uh, 
Nordex side, uh, the corner flag there for a corner kick, and everyone just kind of broke out in cheers. That that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, and the atmosphere was yeah great. Twenty thousand nine oh three or something like that. That's probably sold. Yeah, yeah. Lots uh, of screaming, lots of cheering. Well, it was it was pretty full. It filled up really well. Yeah. yeah, which is surprising because it was like snowing out yeah. there. And I know not surprising, yeah. but and I, I mean, and it and was, and that's those yeah. are hearty folks, right there. And I'll give it to I'll give it to Rosa after the game. She uh, went down the whole entire line and signed autographs. Took a lot of selfies with fans while awesome. the uh, U.S. Women's National Team PR lady was like, "Let's go, let's go." And she took her time and signed probably maybe seventy autographs and took Good. a bunch of photos. So it was it was really nice to see lots of uh, lots of fans love love Rose. I mean, she's she's the future yeah. of that team. Uh, and, and Ohio girl too, Cincinnati, right? Yeah, yeah. Jacob, you wrote about it. The uh, this was the debut of the new coach who took over for Jill Ellis, Vladko, and Donovsky. Um, uh, what uh, what were your impressions of him? Uh, obviously, big shoes to fill there. I thought he was a full of joy. Yeah, I think he. Uh, that was my impression. He's full of joy. Well, I, I spoke to Becky Sauerbrunn and Allie Long, who have both been coached by him in the NWSL and Megan Rapino has as well and she wasn't here this weekend but it's a long time national mm-hmm. women's professional league coach. Yeah, yeah five years with Kansas City and two um with Seattle rain right. I guess it's Tacoma technically but anyway just nothing but praise from those players and what they said is he just works harder than anyone and I what struck me I asked after the game is I think a coach comes in he wants to see he or she wants to see off the bat fine what the team looks like in certain scenarios and you know they gave up those two goals there and and were able to see out a game but he said he was pretty unhappy about those 10 minutes so i think he to see he already has really high expectations that this team does as well so that was cool he's a detailed guy like good vibe from him Yep. And uh, Any wish sub. him well, and we wish Craig Berhalter well. He's in, he's in, he's in, he's in, he's on a very hot seat right now, and and they're going to start up with another round of friendlies. Yeah, after after MLS Cup, they'll play Canada and Cuba in the Concacaf Nations League. Which Zach's out though. Did you, he is Zach, out. Yeah, yeah. A little injury. Well, good luck to our national men's team and um, U.S. women's team. Seems to be in fine form. Um, do, you think, do you think the show the the um, the support that the women's team got last night in the in the cold and everything will help maybe the U.S. men's national team coming back here for the Mexico game? I think it's a factor. Yeah, okay. uh, I think the stadium. I think strong. I think the stadium's a bigger factor. Uh, I think one of the things we saw last night was um, that this team has over the years through four World Cups right. uh, championships, uh, four World winning four World Cups, I should say. They're a cultural phenomenon right. and, a, and a very appealing group, especially to young women and, and girls. And uh, I think they've had games here before, yep. Kyle, and, and you've shot them yep. with your camera. And uh, they haven't had crowds like that. No. And so I, I think you're seeing this is a momentum of a highly successful, well-oiled uh, women's national team. And, and they're also wonderful. They do their own yep. PR and, and just such a... Fun. Yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. They're great to watch, too. That first half, they were uh, – there's some beautiful soccer. Absolutely. Next item. There's no Atlanta, no LAFC in the MLS Cup final. It's, it's kind of like uh, leaving Jerusalem out of the three major religions. But here we are. Uh, everywhere soccer was invented, not represented in, in the final, we got 
Toronto FC. I thought Seattle invented soccer. Well, according to them, uh, <laughs> that's true. So we'll we'll put a caveat on that. Um, uh, Toronto FC beat Atlanta two to one in the East semis, and uh, in the West, Seattle just took it to LAFC, which was the dominant team in the league all regular season. And so that sets up Sunday's final, three o'clock at, at Seattle, and uh, we're going to see. Uh, a huge sellout crowd in the Seattle Seahawks stadium uh, on unnatural turf. I'm looking for, I know a lot of people who have watched this league for longer than I have are not excited to see Seattle and Toronto playing each other again, but you're going to come that phone down, Mike. I'm trying to arrange other podcasts <laughs> for people that are actually on time. I'm just giving you crap. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be a great game to watch. I mean, you saw in that LAFC game how Seattle just Ladero yeah. and Rui Diaz can be menacing to any team they play. And they, they just execute their yeah. game plan perfectly against the greatest team in yeah. MLS regular season history. So about, I, I think it'll be a really hot, good game. It's all about getting hot at the right time, and Seattle's at the Toronto team. as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. When they came here first, yeah. I think they were just hanging on to the yeah. seventh spot, and then they hosted a playoff game, and now they're in MLS Cup. Well, it's been a successful team Seattle has since since the get-go. Ziggy uh, did a wonderful job building that program, if you will, and uh, uh, hit the assistant that took over for him in the middle of 2016. Of course, they went on to beat Toronto that year in the cup final. Um, uh, still there, and it's kind of like uh, I look at it as part of Ziggy's legacy. I, I don't know who I'm rooting for. You got, yeah. you got Bez Bachanko's old boys over there, but you can't root for them. Seattle's difficult to root for. Right? I guess we just gamble on the game, <laughs> you know, and that's where we don't condone gambling in, in any form, even though Jacob has a slight problem. So that's... Do, who, you, still, do you still have a book? I deny that. Who, who do you like? I, I got Seattle. I got Seattle. No, 1-0. Oh, I'm going like 3-2. What, what, didn't they have no shots on goal in a couple of years? That is ago? correct. Yeah. That, that was in the cup final, and they won, like, they won on kicks. Like, please, no. Just something exciting. I, th- I think it'll be exciting. Yes, uh, and certainly the crowd will be good. And we'll get back in here before and or after the expansion draft to talk more after. to yeah. talk more about the roster. Well, we'll see about that. To talk more about the roster and, and the developments in this little window that's opening up. Yeah, you have November 11th through the 13th, so opening Monday, which is when I assume this Nagby deal would be presumably announced yes. officially. Presumably, yes. So that's about it. You guys got anything else? Uh, they hired director of high performance Clive Brewer from uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. He and Bez have a previous relationship. Um, Porter raved about him, and this was a position that Steve Tejan is that how you say his name before he left with Greg Berhalter for the U.S. Men's National Team. So they didn't hire a guy midseason. You know that the kind of truncated window when they were ushered in here. So now they have that, and something they mentioned is just limiting those soft tissue injuries that kept reoccurring this year. Do they have a medium and a low performance coaches as well? You know, I, I don't think so, but if any listeners would like to uh, send their applications, I think we can we can screen them. Send well, you know, we'll we'll give you a shout out uh, on Twitter when our next podcast <laughs> is, and Kyle will take your questions yeah. down, and and uh, we'll we'll go right over them, including the silly ones. Yeah. I'm not saying we won't make fun of them, but no, we we don't do that. 
Well, we we're had serious some, people here, and that is the end of this program, Jacob. Unless we we have some we had renderings this week for the uh, new practice facility, sports park, at, uh, a redevelopment of Montfrey. They just read it on dispatch dot com. Yeah, there's there's some uh, political uh, stirrings there too, as well as uh, yeah about I, the uh, some significant pushback. I think yeah, there's the the uh, authority that runs the the fairgrounds. Um, they're a little reticent to give up that much land, or at least that's a skinny on it. But again, uh, go to dispatch.com. Bill Bush has done some solid reporting on that end of things. Um, renderings are out there too, so have a look. I thought it was Marty. Marty, Marty did yeah. that story. Oh, as well. right? but yeah. I, Bill Bush had another one yeah. though. Your, your statement does stand. Yeah. Bill has done yeah. really, really good reporting there. Okay, well, that's it for Kyle Robertson. That's at K Rob Photo. Can we get one more ding? I'm yeah. sure we can loop it. <laughs> What are you, Apollo Creed? And for Jacob Myers, at Jacob underscore Myers underscore 25, and at the Podfather 2, Patrick Flaherty, our producer. And we've given him some work to do with this very choppy show we've produced here. He's going to produce today. So uh, it sounds good. It's not us. And thanks for joining. We'll talk to you again soon. Patrick, kick us out of here. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.